This Sabbath is the Adra Disaster and Famine Relief Sabbath. And we know that Adra has provided services all over the world. So for today, Adra also provides the sermon for today. And um, so they're giving us information of what they're doing all over the world and also saying and showing us that in all of this, his unfailing love is seen through everything. Amen? Um, I just want to say that before I go into the sermon provided by Adra, I want to say that um, Adra has been very visible. I mean, we hear of Adra all over the world. And as Seventh-day Adventists, I know we believe and we know that when you say the word disaster, when you say the word famine, these words are synonymous with Adra. Amen? Exactly. So, Adra, be it Adra Canada, Adra International, Adra USA, all the Adras, they have been very visible. As a short experience, I heard of Adra for the first time in the early 1990s. This was when I was still living in my home country, Nigeria. I heard of Adra with respect to the Rwanda genocide, you know, the serious problems in Rwanda. And of course, that is part of history now. I just want to share, you know, what I found online, or I went online, just to read a little bit about the Rwanda genocide. The Rwanda genocide is one of the heaviest moments in human history. An airplane crashed in 1994, carrying the presidents of Rwanda and Burundi, Burundi is a neighboring country, provided a spark for an organized campaign of violence against the Tutsi and the moderate Hutu civilians across the country. So in Rwanda, we have two major tribes, the Hutus and the Tutsis. Okay, so approximately 800,000 Tutsis and Hutu moderates, that is those who were supporting the Tutsis, were slaughtered in a carefully organized program of genocide over 100 days, making history as the quickest killing spree the world has ever known. I know that Adra was up to the task, so I'm just sharing with you how I heard about Adra for the first time because, um, I mean, after all, I became a Seventh-day Adventist in 1989, so it was just, you know, shortly after. So let us bow our heads as we go into the Word today. Father in heaven, we thank you for your unfailing love. We thank you because day in, day out, you shower your rain and your sun on both the righteous and the unrighteous. That is your unfailing love right there. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you showed this love in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, even whilst we were yet sinners. Father, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you come and speak to your people today. Please give me clarity of mind, Lord, as I present this message from Adra, that despite all we see around us, your love is still shown towards mankind, Father, Lord. And I give glory and honor unto your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the title is His Unfailing Love. Um, 
Last year marked 30th anniversary of ADRA Canada. And to celebrate the occasion, ADRA Canada dug into its history to map out those 30 years of impact. They were doing one map per decade. Countries benefited by development projects were colored green on this map. And countries that were helped by relief projects were colored red. As the decades progressed to the present day, ADRA Canada saw the maps transformed from primarily green, that is the development project, to primarily red. This doesn't come as a surprise. We're told that disasters and wars will increase. But to observe the trend mapped out in green and red was sobering for ADRA. In 2014 alone, according to their most recent statistics, our church through ADRA responded to disasters with no less than 5,024 different projects. For many of us, the news is a dreadful thing. It is far too dear, dreary, devastating. We develop coping skills to deal with it, or we simply hide from it. Some of us, however, cannot help but follow the news, and every day we are overcome with fresh concerns for the state of our world. Almost everywhere we look, we are reminded of the depths of cruelty to which man can go. I mean, after all, the Bible tells us that the heart of man is full of wickedness. Who can understand it? The world seems fearsome and bleak, devoid of hope or joy, devoid of love. It seems unrelentingly blind and deaf to the pain it inflicts. Our world is hurting. Often, we feel discouraged. We feel powerless to make a difference. In a way, we might feel fatalistic. I mean, after all, we're told these things shall come to pass. But foreknowledge is a cold comfort. What we need, what the world needs, is a fresh reminder of God's love. We need to remember that his love is not only a personal experience, but it is a force for healing and a force for hope in this broken world. We read in Psalm 35, I'm sorry, Psalm 33 verse 5, the Lord loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of his unfailing love. The confident assertion of the second half of Psalm 33 verse 5 implies that the Lord's love for righteousness and justice is an active and present affair. After any exposures to the news, this declaration is astonishing. Would ask, where is his unfailing love? How is he filling the earth with his unfailing love, with his righteousness, with his justice? We look around and we see uncertainty, insecurity, wars, refugee camps, terrorists, famines, disaster. I mean, the latest is the one that happened in Canada, Fort McMurray, and I believe the fire is still burning. So we just wonder, where is God's love? How is his love filling our world? These are the painful questions that we do find ourselves asking sometimes. We yearn for God's love to fill the whole earth. We yearn for his love to heal the earth, to make it new, to set everything right. 
We anticipate all this in the earth made new, but often we are hard pressed to look past the evidence of brokenness and boldly assert along with Psalm 33 verse 5 that the earth is full of his unfailing love. Present tense is full of his unfailing love. We may be tempted to change the text to the future tense. The earth will be full of his unfailing love. But the Bible states boldly, the earth is full of his unfailing love. Amen. References to God's enduring love are not isolated to Psalm 33 verse 5. They echo through these pages of scripture. They insist that the earth is full of his unfailing love in spite of natural disasters, in spite of exploitation, in spite of disease and poverty. Scripture reveals that his unfailing love fills the whole earth through his Holy Spirit, through his incredible sacrifice to provide us salvation, and through his mercies. The Lord sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. That's what we're told in Matthew chapter 5 in verse 45. All of these things demonstrate God's love. There are two other ways in which his love is shown. One of them is us. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. When we are connected to God and we allow him to walk through us, we are his ambassadors of active love to the world. We have been entrusted with God's message of reconciliation, a message rooted in God's love. We fill the earth with his unfailing love by living out and sharing this message. We fill the earth with his unfailing love by being spirit-filled. For the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5.5 5. Each of these fruits helps to push back the advancement of evil and despair. The second way in which God's unfailing love is demonstrated is through his church, his family. Our church teaches truth and helps us to strengthen our faith. Our church encourages our faith to also be an active faith, a faith that makes a difference. We have many ministries where our faith can minister to others, such as personal ministries, to prayer, to world missions. Adra is among those ministries of faith. Amen? Adra is among those ministries of faith that do make a difference. Adra, thanks to its supporters, helped fill the earth with the unfailing love of God through its mission of mercy and relief. Adra faces the world's distress head on. And there, in the midst of disasters and conflicts, Adra witnesses the power and pervasiveness of God's love. And here are some examples. A scripture reading from Psalm 107. Let us turn there now, please. Psalm 107. We read in verse four, verses 4 and 5. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. Those driven from their homes by ISIS in Iraq in 2014 resonate with this lament. Oh, we all heard about ISIS. Mosul lies within the traditional homeland of the Yazidis. 
that the Yazidis are a religious and ethnic minority in Iraq and a prime target for ISIS. As ISIS approached the city of Mosul, everyone ran. It was August at the height of summer's heat. The desert was merciless. The Yazidis flew to Mount Sinjar, hoping for a place of refuge. However, ISIS pursued them. The Yazidis marched through the desert for three days to reach mountain, the mountain. The heat sapped their strength. They had no food, no water. ISIS forces would overtake them and extract anything of value from them. ISIS confiscated cars, money, jewelry, and documents, but they did not restrain themselves to merely material items. They stole the lives of men by murdering them in front of their families, and they kidnapped the girls. The Yazidis were stranded on the mountain for eight days without shelter, food, or water. Many of the weak and the young died. They lived in constant terror of ISIS attacks. Through the intervention of Kurdish and international forces, the Yazidis were finally able to leave the mountain and continue their flight to Erbil in Kurdistan. Erbil was a haven from the violence as it was protected by Kurdish and international forces. As an ethnic and religious minority, the Yazidis are among the most vulnerable of those caught in this conflict. When Adra began its response to the refugees in Erbil, it found many Yazidis living in abandoned construction sites for other lack of options. As they fled in August with only what they could carry, they were in need of warm blankets and winter clothing as the cold weather set in. Adra distributed these items. When asked what else Adra could do to help them, many Yazidis replied, you've come, you've heard our story, you've already done enough. Before Adra came, they had felt invincible. Through Adra, they not only had their physical needs met, but also some of their emotional and mental needs. Just as the body needs food, so does the heart and the spirit. Psalm 107 gives the unexpected conclusion of the desert wanderer's stories. It cries triumphantly in verses 8 and 9. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. Let them celebrate the Lord's goodness in the midst of suffering and praise. His provision in time of want. Through the compassionate generosity of supporters, Adra has been able to show his love to the Yazidis and those like them caught in desperate circumstances. Together, we have given them a reason to give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. Amen? In verse 10 of Psalm 107, it describes the kind of suffering that runs deeper than physical pain. This suffering is not merely of circumstance, but of heart and of mind. Verse 10 reads, Some sat in darkness and the deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in iron chains. This verse alludes to literal and spiritual prisoners, but an analogy can be drawn to those who sit in darkness and deepest gloom, prisoners suffering in chains of trauma and loss. Many of the Ukrainian refugees with which Adra walks resonate with this kind of bondage. 
Violence in Ukraine began after the protests in late February of 2014. The violence escalated to the point that one million Ukrainians fled their homes for safer regions in the western part of the country. More than 750,000 took refuge abroad. Many of those who fled west found themselves homeless and jobless. With haunting memories of trauma and loss, uh, with haunting memories of trauma and loss, in collaboration with the Seventh-day Adventist Church, ADRA set up a center that responds to the needs for food, clothing, money for rent, and other necessities of life. The center also ministers to more hidden though equally profound needs, that is the needs of the heart and mind. Hearts were full of anxiety and pain from loss of home, from loss of loved ones. For many, the flight from their homes came days after days of weeks of violence, of stress and fear. The flight itself was imperiled by shelling and uncertainty. Coping proved difficult. They suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. We often associate PTSD with soldiers returned from war. Soldiers are trained to face violence and fighting. They know when they are being sent to the battle. They know how to respond and have some measure of coping with the mental and emotional stress to a point. Yet, they still suffer from PTSD. How much more so for civilians who are not so trained? Adra Center in Ukraine seeks to bring healing to these internal wounds. Massage therapy was begun as a means to reach hearts and minds. Though in Canada, massage therapy is more of a luxury, in Ukraine, it is actually low cost. Through the healing touch of a gentle hand, people open up about their experiences and listened to by trained empathetic professionals. Oksana is a massage therapist who began working at the center in December of 2015. She too had fled the fighting in the eastern part of the country. Her, her house had been damaged by the shelling. Her children's school was completely destroyed. Before leaving, she could not make any phone calls as the lines had been cut. She and her family sought safety in cellars at the height of the bombings. Oksana understands her clients from personal experience. She begins each session with prayer. They pray for the session they are about to have, and they pray for the relatives still caught amid the fighting in the East. The massage relaxes her clients considerably. Afterwards, she always drinks tea with them. Over cups of tea, they are able to open their hearts and their souls, says Oksana. They discover that many of us at the center understand what they are going through. The clients really appreciate the counseling sessions. It helps them not to look back, but to look to the future, she adds. The center offers many classes as traditional ways to touch hearts and minds. Some of these classes are geared specifically to the children. After the bombings and the flight from their homes, many children simply stopped talking. They were unable to process what had happened to them. The psychologists helped them walk through the trauma using art, music, and English classes. Liza and her family fled by bus after a week of 
especially heavy shooting near her home. They rode the bus for four, four hours and then boarded a night train for Kiev. She was very scared when they left their home. The shooting was so heavy, her family was not sure they would make it to safety. Liza left behind her not only her home, her school, and life as she knew it, but also her friends and grandparents. She attends the classes for children at the Adra Center. Liza says, it helps a lot. I learn a lot and I can improve some skills. I'm very glad to get new friends, she adds. Psalm 107 invites the prisoners chained in gloom to celebrate God's power to liberate in verses 15 and 16. And verses 15 and 16 says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. For he breaks down gates of bronze and cuts through bars of iron. Amen. We believe God is able to do that. Amen. Let them glorify the God who loves so wholly that he cares for the holistic well-being of those who suffer. Through the unwavering and prayerful commitment of supporters, Adra has been able to shine this holistic and empowering light of God's love to those who sat in darkness and deepest gloom. We continue reading Psalm 107 verses 23 through to 26 about those who took to ships on the sea. Their vessels were caught in tempests and as they were tossed upon the deep, their courage melted away. This takes us to the survivors of the cyclone wasting in Fiji. I can relate to these people, to the Fijians, because my family did live in Fiji for three years before coming to Canada. So they can identify with the description in verse 27, which says, they reeled and staggered like drunken men they were at their wit's end. Cyclone Winston struck Fiji with a furor unmatched in recorded history for that nation. Rated a category five hurricane, its winds blasted up to 230 kilometers per hour. I know when we have wind chill here, we have 35, 30, 40, we know how it feels. These winds blew down and damaged 5,000 5, homes. Cyclone Winston left 44 people dead and affected no less than 40% of the population, around 350,000 people. It is estimated to have cost over $250 million US dollars in damage. George and his family left church to head home in the early afternoon of Sabbath, February 20th. They knew the storm was coming, but they were not expecting the storm until Sunday morning. The winds blew harder and stronger as the afternoon progressed. Their house proved insufficient against the onslaught. George and his family were compelled to take shelter in a church building in their village. But even that building proved unable to withstand the storm. George and his family hustled to the newly built community center, convinced that it would surely withstand the gale force winds. While they huddled the, there, to their shock and dismay, the community center's roof was blown off entirely. As a last desperate attempt to survive, they crawled under the community center 
where they remained all night even after the cyclone had passed. We were very scared, George says. We have gone through many hurricanes, but this is the strongest. His comments echo those of many who lived through the storm. Cyclones are not uncommon in Fiji, but this was something else altogether. Immediately the storm was over, the most pressing needs were shelter, food, and water. Adra was there, meeting those needs, amen? Adra is still there, helping the people of Fiji rebuild. Psalm 107 describes the Lord's loving mercy to those tossed by the seas. He stills the storm for a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. The cyclone survivors in Fiji were tossed about in the tempest, but even so, they have experienced the unfailing love of the Lord. Amen. They witnessed it through the timely and compassionate response of Adra, enabled by the timely and compassionate response of Adra's supporters. We are inundated with fearful news every day. We have options for how to respond. We can cope as best as we can. We can hide in despair, or we can face it headlong with or with loving actions. God's love is a mighty and healing force. It feeds the hungry and gives water to the thirsty. His love frees us from darkness, fills those in darkness and deepest gloom. His love guides those tossed by tempests into safe havens. His love is great and unfailing, and it fills the earth. Amen? We are invited to participate in this show of God's strength, in his show of power, and in his show of love. Before any one of us attempted to believe that it is easier for agencies and governments to respond to these grand events in the world, but there is not much an individual can do, I'll sh let us share a story. This is the story of Francine Christophe, who was born in Paris, in France, in 1933, around the time that Hitler came to power in Germany. By the time she was eight years old, France had fallen to the Nazis, and as a Jew, she was compelled to don the infamous Star of David. This was but the beginning of suffering. The time came for her to be deported. She and her mother were sent to Bergen-Belsen, as a child of a prisoner of war, she was accorded the privilege of bringing a little something extra with her. Some people of the group packed chocolate, some sugar, some a handful of rice. Francine's mother packed two bars of chocolate. She told Francine, I will save this chocolate for the day when you're completely collapsed, because that was the expectation. We all know the history of the Second World War, so many people are in denial, but the fact is that it's a fact of history, whether we like it or not, of what happened to the Jews that was perpetrated by you know, Hitler, Hitler's Germany. So, so she packed the chocolates, and she, the mother said, I will give you this chocolate, and hopefully it will give you back your strength. Life in the camp, as it goes without saying, was unimaginable. A woman with them was pregnant, though it was hard to tell because she was so skeletal. The day came when she went into labor. Francine's mother said, Francine, how do you feel? Francine answered that she was still all right. She could go on. 
Do you remember that chocolate I packed for you? The mother asked. Francine answered, yes. It's going to be very difficult for this mother giving birth. Francine's mother said, she's so starved and weak and she'll probably die. But if you will permit me, I will give your chocolate to her. Maybe it will help her to live. We see Francine readily acquiesced to that. Yeah, mother, give it to her. She needs it. Six months later, their camp was liberated. Francine lost track of what became of mother and child. That is the pregnant mother. Many years later, Francine organized a conference around the theme, if survivors had had psychological support upon returning from concentration camps, how would that have helped? One woman stood up to the, pod to the podium. Her opening remark was, I am a psychiatrist, but before I begin my presentation, I have something to give to Francine. She reached into her pocket and brought out a chocolate bar. She held it to Francine in her hand. She said, I was that baby. In Francine's story, something as seemingly insignificant to the grand scale of suffering as chocolate helped to save a life. That life went on to help others through their mental and emotional suffering. Francine's love, loving service was paid forward with immeasurable but certain impact, an impact which was, which, of which she was unaware. So do not discount your own ability to walk with our Lord in filling the earth with his unfailing love. He will take what you have to give and save lives, whether physically, emotionally, or spiritually. It's up to God. But you will have helped to fill the earth with his unfailing love. Amen? This is a broken world. All of today's stories demonstrate that fact. But even so, the earth is full of his unfailing love. Our stories today equally demonstrate that fact. The force of his love is already at work in this world that will soon be made new. Terrible things still happen this side of heaven, but his love is still at work. It is at work through his mercies, reigning on the righteous and on the unrighteous. It is at work through his salvation offered through Jesus Christ. His love is at work through his Holy Spirit, who continually draws each of us closer to himself. His love is at work through you and through me, touching hearts, minds, and lives through our kind, compassionate, and loving service. Psalm 107 opens with, Give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen? The Lord is good all the time. All the time, the Lord is good. So let us give thanks unto the Lord for he is good and for his love endures forever. And Psalm 107 closes with, Whoever is wise, let him heed these things and consider the great love of the Lord. Amen? May we live our days with gratitude for his goodness and love. May we heed his loving actions filling the earth without fail. 
And may we respond to the invitation in Luke chapter 10, verse 37, to go and do likewise. Happy Sabbath to you all. Bless you.